Happy, happy Friday. You know, we've been talking a lot this week about Sacramento sports past and Sacramento's promising sports future. It's a drive, guys, and our next guest has uh, some uh, unique insight into those uh, subjects. He's the chairman of the board for Buzz Oats, one of the nation's leading commercial real estate developers and part owner of the Sacramento Kings, Phil Oates with us. Phil, thanks so much for your time. I got to ask you, you know, being at the arena last night, do you still get a thrill uh, every time you go into the arena, see what you and the other owners have done as far as keeping the team here and building this uh, incredible facility? I'm really proud of Golden One. I know that's the company line, but I know Mark Friedman and Vivek and those guys spent a lot of time touring the country. And I've been to probably half of the other arenas. There's nothing like where we play basketball at. And I will tell you something, when I wasn't, it was easier when I wasn't an owner. I grind a little bit every once in a while. <laughs> I'm not the nicest guy to go to the game with. I get a little quiet sometimes. But uh, I love my, I love our community, and I love being a part of the ownership group. And I just, I think, you know, you've talked a lot about Monty today and Mike. I, I, I think we got the best of the best. And I have all full confidence that they're going to lead us, you know, down the right road. Hey, Kyle. Yeah. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here, Phil. What's up, hey. baby? Hi. Hey, Jim, friend. Hey, I wanted to tell you because you played at my golf tournament the last three years. There'll be no Kirkland golf balls. <laughs> you heard? <laughs> Before we came on, Whitey said, I bet you Phil is not playing with Kirkland golf balls. I bet yeah, you. <laughs> I don't have one in my bag. <laughs> you know, one of the best things about Phil's uh, annual golf tournament, and it's a tremendous weekend. You got the golf. You got the the, the celebrity dinner beforehand. Cedric the Entertainer, Anthony Anderson, some really great people. But one of the best things about his tournament is the sponsors on each hole. Mm. Like I've gotten pro V ones from his uh, golf event. Like, nice. so it's a top notch golf event, Phil. Thank you for that. Thank you. You know, the, I did it because I've got great friends here in Sacramento, third generation Sacramento. And since I met, since I bought the Kings in 13, I, I made a lot of friends, a lot of celebrity friends are great people. And it gives me an opportunity once a year to blend my uh, Los Angeles friends with my Sacramento friends. And I'll tell you something. Uh, I know Kyle knows this, Kevin, but, but people come to that tournament. They're surprised what a great place Sacramento is to live. And they come back and say, I want to come back here again. I didn't know. And uh, I think that's the golden I think that's the uh, golden gem that we're working with here. But we've got to make some pretty strategic corrections, I think. Uh, Phil Oates, nice enough to join us here. And, of course, we don't know what's going on exactly with the A's relocation, Phil. It's possible they don't even know. Uh, obviously, a temporary move to Sacramento has been mentioned. What do you think of that? How beneficial do you think that would be to Sacramento if the A's were here, even for you know, three years before moving on to Vegas? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it can hurt. I think there'll be the excitement of a three-year team, you know, whether that would hold for 10, 20, 30 years, who knows. But I, I think it'd be a good thing. It would give us, you know, we own the Rivercats, and the Kings ownership does. And certainly, having some issues cutting out a little bit phil you there okay hmm. now i know you you didn't get the prepaid wireless phil i know you i know you got a solid uh plan so uh Is if you Phil get, Oates pulling a frank right he, he might uh, phil uh don't call us back if you're not on right now if you're still on uh go for it again but uh you were cutting out right there yeah so jay's working on jay's it. working it. all right all right yeah. phil you there 
Nope. He's uh Oh, he's he's, he's working on Oh, yeah. Jay's working yeah. on it right so there. So it sounds like Phil's been listening to the show today. Ah, uh, exactly. <laughs> and you know, he offered that up about the Kirkland balls. I'm telling you, where's Kirkland base out of? Where's Costco base? Like if anybody's listening, watch tomorrow in the mail or Monday. We're going to have like a thousand dozen go- Kirkland golf balls here, and I take them to be honest with you. I wouldn't uh-huh. send them back. Like, right. I'm right. all about free stuff. Isn't so. Kirkland a town somewhere? I just always assumed they were based in Kirkland, but we'll we'll find that out. We're finding out a lot yeah, more. Yeah, Missouri, than we- right? Right, uh, I think, yeah, uh, but I don't know. Yeah. That's where the Costco situation. But I, I will say this about uh, Phil's golf tournament: like Pro V One balls, Nike or Adidas uh, golf shoes. You uh-huh. get like you. It's really high level swag. And so, as a matter of fact, you know, some of my golf shoes I play in right now, I got from uh, really? Phil's tournament. Puma. Like, it's nice. big-time sponsors out there. That's where I played with Alex English. Remember I told you? Yes, uh, I do. Uh, I played with Alex. I was, you know, cart mates with Alex English, the great mm-hmm. Alex English. All right. Uh, Phil Oates back with us. Phil, can you hear us, sir? Apologize. I think that was on my end of things, so I came to a different room to uh, talk. No okay. problem. Yeah, we were just, you were telling us what you thought of the uh, the A's, what they would do for Sacramento Sports Profile if they were here. I, I, I don't. You know, I'm a, I'm a giant fan. In fact, I was a giant season ticket holder until we bought the Kings, and I just didn't have time for both sports. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think it can't hurt. There's nothing bad about that. I'd be a little concerned, you know, dealing with the Oakland leadership. I think they're proving themselves to, you know, to not necessarily be people of their word. or put, You know, it's funny. As owners, I think, again, Vivek, Matina, John, they do a great job. We actually try to serve our our clients, our clients are our ticket holders mm-hmm. and people that attend the game. And I think the successful sports franchises have an attitude of serving people. But then you got the others that think, well, they're lucky I'm here mm-hmm. and they got to treat me right. And they got to serve me and my team. And I'm proud of our team. That we're not that way. And it sounds like the A's, especially on that fan fest. I mean, my goodness, we're talking $40,000 to a pro team. I mean, that's, yeah. I yeah. can't imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Phil, you know, one of the things we've been talking about this week is, you know, we just had the All-Star game last week in uh, Indianapolis. You know, the league reportedly has come out with some new rules about potential future All-Star sites. I'm looking at uh, San Francisco getting a WNBA team, and, and I'm hearing a lot from fans and, and even myself, like, why not us? Why not Sacramento? What is it going to take for this city to get on the radar for some of those international events? I think we've got to clean up our house. I think the reality is if you're a business or you're looking to do an event and you walk through downtown Sacramento right now in its current state, they don't want to brand here. We have to clean. And I'm, the homelessness is a problem throughout our state. But we're talking now just about Sacramento. We have, we've thrown millions and millions of dollars at it and it's only gotten worse. We have to figure out how to help these people, but also how to present our city in a, in a better image. The other problem you got is we, we need to get some bigger companies here. And if you're a company and you're sitting in Dallas and you're looking, okay, do I want to go to Salt Lake city or do I want to go to Sacramento or do I want to go to Austin? You know, you're going to look at things like how clean is the city? What's the homelessness situation is? What kind of requirements am I going to have to pay? What's my taxes going to be? You got to look at everything. Mm-hmm. Phil, we and, know that. Yeah. I, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, I apologize. We we know that bringing in a sports team uh, goes hand in hand with other issues, and frankly, we know it takes a back seat to other 
issues that a community faces. But that said, what do you think might be the the next step for Sacramento in raising uh, the area's major league pro sports profile? You guys ever seen the movie Braveheart? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we need someone like Braveheart to get our counties together and say, put your ego aside. We're going to do what's best for the community, not just Sacramento. See, I listen to your show. I've started listening to your show regularly. Last week when Kyle was gone, somebody had a great point. He says the city council itself isn't uh-huh. isn't bought into uh, doing bringing another team here. There's people within city council fighting that. Yeah, yeah. But we we've got to get Yolo County, Placer County. We've got to get West Sac. We've got to get everybody in the room and decide we're going to do something that's best for this community. And yes, the stadium may be in. Roseville, or the stadium may be in Elk Grove, or the stadium may be in West Sac. We're going to do what's best for the community. And it takes a brave heart kind of guy. What was his name? Was it William Wallace? Is yes, sir. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. We, we need a William Wallace <laughs> to rise up from the ashes and lead the charge. Huh. You know, Phil, and I hear you and I understand that, but what frustrates me is, you know, and I get what you're saying 100%, you know, when I drive around SAC, you know, I live out in Folsom and, you know, I hear it and I see it, you know, even on our YouTube chat. Uh, Sacramento, uh, San Francisco is an awful place. Downtown is awful. The homelessness, you can't even go down there. Your cars are being robbed. It's not safe. All that. And I get it. But yet they're still being awarded an all-star game. They're still being war- awarded a WNBA franchise. And so... What, what's the difference between a San Francisco homeless problem and a Sacramento homeless problem? I mean, I, when you look at Los Angeles, they got it as well. So how do we, you know, deal with the, the societal issues that every major city has, but also still enable and get people attracted to come here and hold their events? Well, I think, it start, you know, I'm a, I'm a capitalist. I'm a businessman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it starts with attracting big businesses that are solid, that will have great paying jobs, that will add more money to our tax roster, gives us more money to work with. I think we've got to figure a way to get business here first. That's what those other teams, Kyle, have. Look at the sponsorships. We don't have the sponsorship that exists in L.A. or San Francisco. And I thought it was interesting to read an article getting prepared for here. The Giants were looking at, I think, J.D. Martinez earlier in the year. Yeah, yeah. He didn't, and he, he turned him down. He didn't want to go to San Francisco. And so they do have that problem. They just have the bulk that they don't, you know, they have the money and they have the people at least there for now. So we've got to figure a way. Have you guys heard of GSAC, Greater Sacramento Economic Council? I had not until now, no. Some of the leading companies, Buzzos included, have and in, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to try to attack, attract businesses to come to this town. It's led by a fantastic guy named Barry Broom. I saw him at the game last night. And if you really want to get into that, I think he'd be a great guest for you guys. But there's people trying to attract business. But when you have, there was an article on the B today that, and I'm, I'm all for helping the environment, but because we're helping the environment, our gas is going to go up 50 cents a gallon. Uh, Phil Oates is with us. Yeah, chairman of the board for Buzz Oates, a leading commercial real estate developer, of course, part owner of the Sacramento Kings. 
Yeah, Phil J here, and that that was me that was talking about the uh, the different type of city councils that need to come together so we can all be, as I say, Voltron. We need to be a transformer. We all need to come together so we can be Optimus Prime. But one of the questions I have for you, Phil, is because the, the industry that you are in when it comes to real estate, is it difficult, and I, I guess follow me here, how difficult would it be to bring another arena or stadium here without a guarantee of a professional, a second professional team? I don't think any, I mean, Jay, I'd love to have that happen. I mean, but I don't think anybody would invest that money on a performance. Mm-hmm. It'd, it'd be a pig and a poke. It'd be a real long shot. I think our, we had our chance if people had stepped up, and I think probably Steinberg and the city did what they could, but we needed the other counties to participate and get the MLS team here mm-hmm. and Nagel. But that kind of came and gone. I don't know where that sits now. Kevin's a good friend of mine, but I don't know where that sits. I, I, don't, I don't think it works because how are you going ha- to get the income in that stadium to help pay the monthly bills? Yeah, supposedly everything was ready to go. They were ready to to put the shovel in the ground on the stadium with right. MLS, but they just had to wait to get the commitment from MLS. Phil, I, I read an interesting uh, interview with you today, and you talked about your dad, the true legend, Buzz Oates, and how he said he didn't think you should ever buy a team, and you did, um, it, You know, which is for most of us, that's just the type of thing we dream of. Is there anything about that that surprised you? Anything you can share with us about owning a team that's probably not what we, you know, on the outside would would think it is, good or or bad for that matter? Um, I'm certainly not perfect, but I'm blessed enough to have faith in my life. And I think being an owner opened amazing doors for both me personally, but for our company, for our exposure. We wouldn't have, I wouldn't have that golf tournament Mm -hmm. if I hadn't bought the Kings. And I was really surprised how kind of my Rolodex changed over two years. <laughs> and uh, and I, I think that was a pleasant surprise. Um, I wasn't surprised how the city in, in, embraced it. I'm a basketball coach, too, over at Capital Christian. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, everybody says, oh, you just want to stay in competition of basketball. That really isn't it. <laughs> we, we needed something in this town to rally the troops at least for a while and Kevin did it. We built it. Hey, you know, people forget that used to be a shopping center on top of. Yeah. Mm. And, and, uh, no, I, I was, I, I think just the, you know, it's funny. Everybody wants to be an owner and it's getting more and more expensive. And, uh, you know, getting to be an MBO owner was a lifetime dream. I will tell you, I did good on my dad before doing that. And he gave me his best wishes for me using the money, my money to buy in. And then he died uh, in December of that first season. And before he died, he said, Bill, I'm glad you bought the team. We oh, it. sweet. So it's a great story to me. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Phil, uh, my, my final question for you, you know, I, I look at Oklahoma City, let's say. Uh, and what Clay Bennett did out there. Ultimately, you know, obviously, you know, Sonics fans, you know, were hurt that the NBA uh, let them move there. But when you look at what Clay did, a hometown guy brought a franchise there. Does it? Do you think it's going to take a hometown person to bring an MLS team here, to bring Major League Baseball? Is it going to be somebody homegrown that wants to help grow their city to make something like this happen? Yeah. 
not necessarily, but I think it helps because uh, unless they're living in L.A. or someplace where they can't get a team there, why wouldn't they bring it to their hometown? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and don't I mean, it's difficult to build in California. The permit process, the environmental, it is very, very difficult. If you're somebody out of town, out of, out of Sacramento, why wouldn't you go to a easier place to build a stadium and a team? Yeah, yeah. And I think also you need a passionate owner. I think I, we have, you know, the, the Vec and the, the Falls and the Jacobs. They're great people. They they love our team. And uh, but I, but I think it it really helps when it is a homegrown person. Phil, we'll yeah, let. I'm not yeah. speaking again. Go yeah, ahead. I'm yeah. sorry. No, I'm sorry. Uh, we we will let you go on this one. Uh, we were talking earlier about the fact that this would be only the eighth time in history that the Sacramento Kings have gone to the playoffs two years in a row should they get there. So it's very unique. And that said, you know, there are fans. Fans are going to fan. Some people are uh, impatient. But as you look at this and you, you have the scent, you know, the appreciation for how special this is, what about this particular team this year, looking at all the – involvement you've had over the years what to you is special about this particular Kings team I think we're special because our coach is not only a great coach but he's a tremendous teacher if you watch during timeouts Jordy Doug Jay they're all teaching and trying to improve our players I think obviously our two best players are Sabonis and Fox I think they're humble men that put the team first I look how they interact with each other as I heard Fox with his interview last night with you, Kyle, how he gave great props to Sabonis. That doesn't exist on every team. Sometimes it's a competition to be who's number one. And I think when your leaders work hard, they show up every day for work, they give the best effort they got. When that's coming out of your two best players, that's a great thing to have. And I, I'm encouraged. I think we came into the year not surprising people. Last season, we, we kind of caught people unaware this year, everybody was aware of us. And uh, and so that's maybe why things aren't quite as easy this year. We're not surprising anybody. So that's my thoughts. Phil, we appreciate your time. And, and also, thank you for listening. We appreciate the fact that you've been tuning in. Well, I didn't even know it was on. I won't tell you what station I was listening to. It's not the Bay Area station. It was a national station. And I know the person there. So I saw Kyle before a game and I, he told me what he's doing. I said, well, you never told me that. So I'm blaming Kyle. I don't even know how long you've been on the air, but, uh, but you're, you're a definite, uh, stable in my, uh, afternoon listening. And I love what you guys are doing. I think you're fair. I don't think you're homers. I think you call it the way it is, but I think you love this town and this team as much as I do. Appreciate you, Phil. See you on uh, Monday, right, hopefully, uh, when we light that yes, beam against will. the Miami Heat. All right, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. God bless you guys. Thank All you. right, now. Yeah. Uh, one of the uh, most um, most prominent figures in Sacramento yes. business and certainly yes. Sacramento sports history. He, yeah. yeah. Guy, he got his hands in a lot of things, too. Like, not and the I'm, Kirkland golf not, ball. Not the, he's not messing with Kirkland, you know. But it, it's, how do you know? How no, do you guys know? Oh, he, he, he <laughs> said it. Hey, I know. Come on, man. Yeah. Phil's playing with. Hey, and I've golfed with Phil. Top he's notch. my guy. 
But his golf game is probably about similar to mine, maybe. Huh. So he shouldn't be playing with those Pro V1s. I tell you that. Now you're calling him out. <laughs> no, Kyle, man. Yeah, I know. Help him fine. out, Whitey. Help him out, I'm man. I'm just saying. Wow. He, he, he's not a Kirkland guy, but he's not a Pro V1 guy either, though. Okay. I mean, you know, he's in the middle right with me. There's nothing wrong with that, though. Today, yeah. Today, yeah. as I was getting ready to talk to Phil Oates and, and Greg Lukenbill, who we have coming up yeah. at five, I was thinking of, you know, Sacramento had different things would be if we didn't have the Kings. Mm. Maybe we wouldn't have a team. And I was thinking, what city would we be like? Wow. Um, yeah, and, point, you know, the, the city would still have an awful lot going for it without pro sports. I'm glad we do have the Kings. But we'd be like maybe like Hartford or something, you know. Hartford, which yeah. is Connecticut, yeah, because yeah. oh, it's kind of in the shadow of Boston, right? right but it's right. no, you know, and they, they don't have it. Have they team. had the Whalers yeah. back in the day, yeah. and or yeah. I don't know, we'd be what? Um, I mean, Louisville, but they, you know, they got the Kentucky Derby, like yeah, Kentucky Louisville, basketball. yeah, yeah. Um, Man, that's tough. Nashville yeah. got teams now. Mm-hmm. It'd be like Raleigh, Durham, but they got you know basketball, you know Duke and Carolina. I don't know, but you know. You look at the Hartford comparison you made. I've been through Hartford. It's just not the same as when, you know, it's it's living in the shadow of New York, living in yeah. the shadow of Boston. Yes, you yes. Know? And it's so, a pretty little city. It's a pretty little city, but it's not, uh-huh. ah, there's no gusto. And I, that's why I think sports teams really put you on the map, man. And it's not just about athletics. Like, you, you become a hip destination. Now, when the Celtics play here in, in Sacramento, you got fans right. in this area. Oh, let's go to SAC, you know, and yeah. watch. You know, if you didn't have that, those fans wouldn't be here. It's yeah. interesting talking to uh, Mike Testa this week and then talking to Phil, and we in, invariably the topic of the MLS move here comes up. And I didn't know where that was. There was some movement, was it about a year ago, there was talk of another investor maybe coming in, if you remember that story? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It all faded away, and it sounds like from from the two guests we've had this week right now, that that's kind of dormant yeah. right now. Right, it's kind of, and you know, it's, and that's why I asked Phil, is it going to take a homegrown person, somebody with a, a Sacramento proud that wants to put their city on the map even more so uh, to bring to invest in something? Because... Like Phil said, if you're an outsider, why would you mm-hmm. want to come here to Sacramento and build mm-hmm. something? I, let me say this real quick, fellas. As someone that is from Sacramento, you know, I know both of you guys aren't Sacramentans, I guess. Shouts out to Phil, man, because you don't have a lot of owners who will take the time to jump out there, call it, you know, a, a afternoon uh, radio uh, yeah. show uh-huh. yep. and give some of this real honest opinion and thoughts. And mm-hmm. so I respect that. And I just want to make sure as drapes, as you said earlier, man, we're giving people their flowers, you know? And so yeah. shouts out to Phil Oates and shouts out to Vivek. And as he said, the Jacobs family and everybody else, because I hadn't really stopped to think about it, Whitey, because it hasn't happened in my life. But now that you say that for me to look like, man, what have, what would have been if yeah. the Kings weren't, weren't here? here. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I hadn't even thought about that because I guess I, you know, I've been spoiled the fact that they've been here. Um, so shouts out to Phil, man. So yeah. R- really yeah. salute to Phil for taking the time out to join you guys, man. And Greg Lukenbill, top of the hour, and I don't think he gets the credit he deserves mm. for bringing the yep. team here in the first yes. place. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that vision and yeah, what it's done to the city. You're right. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the Kings here have this ongoing battle for bench minutes. So based on last night, whose stock went up? Whose stock's coming down next with the drive guys on Sacktown Sport. Yeah, actually a good day for the 49ers. Good day for everybody in the NFL with the NFL caps swelling to, what is it, 255 or something? I mean, just skyrocketing. So now 
49ers and everybody else too, but uh, the Niners have a little more wiggle room. They went from being like $14 million over the cap to um, I don't like eight, a little less than a million, like 800-something thousand. Under, under the, cap, the cap, right? Without doing uh, a single thing. Uh, thanks, Roger Goodell, helping out the Niners once again. No, I mean. Yeah, 255.4 million is yeah. the new cap. People That's thought insane. it might. If it's like 242, ooh, that'd be great. That'd be great. <laughs> wow. Well, what are their most pressing uh, cap issues, if you will? Is I, it Ayuk? Yeah. Is it Greenlaw? Is it like, what, what, what is it? Yeah, well, you should uh, tread lightly here because Jay and I are at odds on Ayuk. And that's your guy. Really? I just realized. Yeah. I did. This the first, I'm, I missed that day. Yeah. Jay was, says, let him go. Yeah. Well, no, I don't no, speak no. For I didn't say him. that. All right. What I think you, he what said he was, he's going to call Uber to pick him up to take him to the airport. <laughs> I didn't say that either. All right. I want to hear, I I hear this, Jay. <laughs> I didn't say that either. What I said is if he's going to get paid as a top 10 wide receiver, which I laid it out. The top wide receivers, Tyreek Hill at 30 a year, the 10th, and I can't 100%, but I, it's, I, let's just call it, um, you know, A.J. Brown, which I believe he was 20, he was mm-hmm. fifth or sixth, but the 10th makes 20 million a year. The 10th ranked wide receiver when it comes to mm-hmm. uh, contract wise makes 20 million of bucks. I think Brandon Ayuk is looking for somewhere between 22 to 25 million, mm-hmm. which would put him in the top five paid wide receivers. I just don't think he's worth that. That's me. And I think, uh, yeah, I go think, ahead, Whitey. I think he's uh, one of the terms that I thought Jay used when we talked about it. Maybe it wasn't the last time, but the time before. And I don't want to put words in your mouth. So no, if please. I'm wrong, no, if I'm wrong, jump in. I think you said you didn't see him as a playmaker. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he's a yeah. And I, is he I, a game wide receiver? I think he's a playmaker, uh, and I think he doesn't put up the same numbers because they just don't throw the ball as right, much. Right. But I think he's worth way more to the Niners than he would be to any other team. So to me, if that if twenty five is what it took to get him, I would do that in a heartbeat. And, so. and you know, when you look at Brandon Ayuk, and I just pulled up some of his numbers uh, compared to some of those great uh, wide receivers. He's 36 this last year in targets, Jay. Yeah. Think about that. He's got all these weapons around him, so he's not even being targeted uh, as much as he should. It was in, what, in 105 this past year? or something, wasn't it? I think it was 105. I, I got yeah, 36. Yeah. You got 38? Uh, no, you got targets? Targets. Well, it was more than 38. No, yeah. no, his rank, I'm saying, oh, yeah. among oh, wide yeah, receivers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, rank among wide receivers, 38th yeah. among wide receivers and targets, but 7th. In yards, uh, and when you and second in average, and look at his age, Jay. Yeah, look at the the some of the receivers. Uh, you know, in terms of receptions, right around him. You know, uh, a CD Lamb, he's getting up there. Tyreek Hill, he's getting up there. As Keenan Allen is still like, there are some guys who, and I'll I'll liken it to Jalen Brown in the NBA, Jay. Too. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown isn't the best player in the NBA. Nope. But he has the largest contract in NBA history. And so as time moves on, just because Brandon Ayuk is a top 10 paid receiver, you know, if he gets this money he wants now, that resets the market. Agreed. And I said, I, I mean, Cooper Cup is one of those guys. Mm-hmm. I believe he's he's a top four, top five wide receiver. Here's what I got, Jay. Just, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry. No, but do this you? Is to, to support your point, this is last year. This was entering last season. So these numbers... Has, some of them have gone up, but Tyreek Hill, 30, Devontae Adams, 28, 
Cooper Cup, 26-7. A.J. Brown, 25. Diggs and uh, Metcalf, 24. But again, that was the beginning of right. last season. So those have right. ended up. And so my thing is, is when you say those names, minus Cooper Cup, who had a down year because of injury last year, Brandon Ayuk doesn't fit that. And that's my point of he's not a game changer. And that's what we were talking about is yes. I think he is great for what the 49ers do. Now, let me say this. If he's 17, 18, 19, yes, absolutely. But if I'm paying 25, 27, and I understand, Drapes, what you're saying is he's the next man up. Him right, and Justin right. Jefferson are the next yes. man up. Right, I get that. But Justin Jefferson's probably going to get 31, 32. He's going to outdo Tyreek. Brandon's probably going to, again, come in 22 to 25, would put some top five just about. Is he a top five wide receiver in this league? And I'm not counting the money. I don't care because it's not my money. I'm just saying, knowing what the 49ers will probably need, to me, he's not a game changer. But his value to the Niners, though, like he might not be a top five wide receiver in terms right. of the numbers. In terms yeah. of the numbers, but the way he fits in sure. with this group, like they need and the they, offense needs. They him. need, they, you know. Brandon Ayuk and Debo's the guy. We know that. Yeah. But Debo's 28. Truth. Debo's getting up there a little bit. And he's always hurt. And he's always hurt. Mm -hmm. Brandon Ayuk, to me, is the next thing. Like, you got something in this guy. And to say you're okay with letting him walk or not paying him, what? I mean, what are we doing here? Because my argument to that is this. And listen, I I don't want to play fantasy GM. I'm just saying. If 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 the 49ers are spending $25 million a year on something, I need it to be a game changer. I don't think Brandon Ayuk takes the top off the defense. I don't think he— That's true. He, he doesn't. I, I don't think he—like, he, he like, put it this way. I don't think—and this is the cold part about it. I don't think the defense of any opposite team goes in scouting and trying to, trying to stop Brandon Ayuk— even in the top three spots for the 49ers. But he's probably getting ready to make the most but, money but for the Jay, team. He, yeah, it, it's, look who's surrounding him. I agree. Like, And so do you feel like you could just plug in any Joe Schmo no. out no, there? No, no. He's probably their most reliable receiver, and it's probably not close. And he's you're right. He's not I a think, speed threat. He's not Tyreek Hill. Yeah. He's not. He never will be. Yeah. But, I mean, you look at the, you know, some, of the, some of the analytics on what, you know, how many makes how many times he makes catches on third down. Things mm-hmm. like that. He's vitally important to them, I think. And especially now, if they got more cap space, I think it's a no brainer. Unless, you know, if he comes in asking for some, I want to be the highest paid receiver, maybe then we got to revisit it. But otherwise, 25, something like that, I, that's a done deal if I'm, Ugh, I'm man. doing it. Devontae Adams makes 28 million. I think he's leaps and bounds better than Brandon Ayuk. Wow. I think Tyreek Hill is leaps and bounds better than Brandon Ayuk. You know, I think Justin Jefferson is leaps and bounds uh, better. Than but him. that's because of the system. Look at the system, Jay. He's not asked to be all those guys. He's not asked to be the top primary target out there because he has so many weapons. NFL.com, Adam Rank just did an uh, article. The headline is, Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs, and Brandon Ayuk top NFL stars who should be traded this offseason. And this is what he said about Ayuk. I'm not entirely sure I want to do this. Ayuk is one of the most underrated receivers in the league. And honestly, if I were looking for a high-impact wideout, wide out, this might be the guy I'd target. 
factoring in possible trade compensation, what it would cost, and every. He says he's like the Nordstrom Rack version of Justin Jefferson here. Justin, <laughs> no, but that's but that's what I'm saying. Justin Jefferson gets all the hype, sure. all the accolades, all the commercials. But no, the production is a game changer. Could could be a game changer among a, in a different system. 20, He's not asked yeah. to be a game changer with the San Francisco 49ers. You put another receiver here, mm. and Tyreek Hill, as great as Tyreek Hill is, Jay, sure. he's going to make the highlight real plays. He's going to be tops on the scouting report. It was but a bona fide MVP. But his numbers in Miami would dip here in San Francisco. He's going to be looking back as, uh, oh, Purdy underthrew me again. But Ayuk <laughs> at 24-ish, that's, that's value. That's money well spent. As a top five wide offense. receiver, that's value? On this team, it is. If they you get, need him. If you get paid, I don't disagree with they need him. I think they also need another wide receiver. I think they lack in the wide receiver position. See because about Juwan Jennings. I don't know if he's going to be around. Yeah, well, now that the cap <laughs> is there, we'll see. But yeah. I think because Debo is such a special and individualized player, it puts a lot of onus on Brandon Ayuk to be a wide receiver. And he's done the job. I'm not by all means I'm saying Understand what I'm saying. And let me make sure I clarify because I know Drapes, well, he's going to put my feet to the fire and you do too. <laughs> sometime whitey if we're paying we, we 49ers if the 49ers are gonna pay brandon iu 25 million let's just say 25 flat mm-hmm. a lot of more is gonna be asked and this is my thing if it's not that's a problem to me all they can do is if they, you throw the ball he's got to catch it what more can he do and he does that break break some more plays do some different things be a be a game changer the like Lions be a justin jefferson I got you. I understand. That was a hell of a catch. But guess what? I can also say this. When we need you in a Super Bowl, where was you at, my brother? But I can say the same thing about Debo. I mean, I can say the same thing about George Kittle. I get it. I can say, yeah, I understand. Let's not do that, But guess what, though? Guess what, though? Guess what? Debo's not a top five pay wide receiver, though. How about that? I don't know. George what Kittle's is. not a top five. He's not getting twenty five million dollars a year. How about that? Well, and that's what I'm saying. Ayuk nineteen, is my best receiver of all but nineteen guys. is different than guess when we need you to be that guy when you're doubled and you're tripled like DK Metcalf is, like Devontae Adams is, like Tyreek Hill is, and these guys go get two hundred yards and Brandon Ayuk's got seventy five yards. That's a problem when I'm paying you thirty million dollars almost. So hold on, Debo's at twenty three eight. Yeah, but he's not. He's not. Paid as a top wide receiver. Remember, he's a he's a Swiss Army knife. That's that's what makes Debo separate from Brandon Ayuk, which makes Brandon Ayuk so much of a, a need for the 49ers. Ayuk would have better numbers if they threw the ball more. Right. And I just listened to you, yeah, Jay. Yeah. I just told you he was what, 36 or 38th in targets. They just don't throw him the ball as much, but when they do throw the ball, they need production, and he gives you that. But is he giving you top five production? If that's what it costs to keep him on your roster, he's worth it. And I, I, I'm looking at yards. For me, it wouldn't Average. Be. Like, the numbers, he's he's doing more with less yeah. than anybody, you know? Mm. like I don't if, know. See, I the, I think both, both of the arguments we're both arguing goes vice versa. Like, you guys are saying he's a need. He is, he is what the 49ers have. He is the best wide receiver. I'm not arguing that. I'm saying for what he's getting ready to be slotted at and with the understanding. Look, Kirk Cousins was the highest paid at one point in time. Like, it is your time. I get that part of it. I'm just saying – we know when it's when you're considered a top guy, a top flight guy, then obviously we want more results. And then vice versa is you're saying to me is like, look, he's 
he's a need. I get it. He is for the 49ers. I'm not arguing that. Mm-hmm. And you're wearing a 49er hat today. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. When we come back, we'll take a look at uh, stock up, stock down for players coming off the King's bench. Interesting developments last night. Next, Drive Guys, Sackdown Sports. All guests come to you from the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. We talked to Phil Oates earlier this afternoon, and then Greg Lukenbill is going to join us uh, top of the hour, yes. the guy who brought the Kings here. I'm looking forward to that. Maybe you could have a statue of him instead of Winnie the Pooh. Or Piglet. <laughs> Sorry, Piglet. I went to Piglet, Piglet, right? <laughs> but that's not my call. Yeah, so looking forward to that. Um, I wanted to see what you thought, Kyle, after that big win last night. And, you know, we were quibbling with some of the things that didn't go as well as they should have, but they got the win. How about uh, stock up, stock down here? Because you, I know yeah, sure. some people came after you. Oh, yeah. They, um, they always do, don't they? But yeah. Ahead. You suggested that, um, well, it looks like Mike Brown's finding his way with his uh, his bench, his rotation. What do we got as far as stock up, stock down, guys coming off the bench? Uh, let's talk about, uh, I'll just go down the list. Okay. Here. I'll just go yeah. one by one. Uh, Trey Lyles. I think his stock has sort of stayed the same. I don't think he's up or down. I think he is what he is. He didn't He's, play well last night, but that's right. Happens, that's not so. yeah. But Trey Trey Lyles is is, is Trey Lyles. Uh, I, I think you know he's a solid player. Uh, his minutes are you know going to be what they are. Uh, I don't see a bigger role for him. Uh, you know what, Whitey? I'm gonna amend that just a tad though, just just a little bit. I'm gonna do stock up just slightly because what we're seeing more stock of stock up, okay, up just a little bit because what we're seeing more of actually with Trey is. Mike Brown turned into a small ball lineup a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, he changed it quickly yesterday, remember? Uh, Domas came out, Trey Lyles came in, Trey was at the five, and I think like two possessions, Alex Lynn came in. You know, Mike Brown rethought it. But I think Trey Lyles uh, gives Mike Brown a luxury to go small. So I- I'm going to say, you know, stock up just by a few percentage points. All right. Uh, Malik is just pretty rock solid, right? Yeah, I mean, that's rock a, solid. That's a blue chip stock Blue chip right stock. Now. You can count on him night in and night out. Uh, 21 points last night, 8 of 15 emotion, energy. Uh, I think his stock will continue to rise. I think, you know, because it's a contract year, because we got award season coming up, this guy, I mean, he's just fantastic. Yeah. Speaking of stocks, by the way, I know someone who may – be married to one of my daughters and he's invested in this company and uh it went up my wife told me yesterday she saw in the news the stock went up yesterday 265 percent damn that's pretty this guy what? more than he more than doubled his like yeah. that's pretty solid and i think he's got a significant amount invested in oh this. my gosh what? and your daughter's like Dating him or something like that? No, they're, that's actually her husband. Her husband? Son-in-law. Oh, yeah. so y'all done hit yeah. the jackpot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'll tell you some stock stuff here in, okay. in a minute, All right. man. All, All right. right, as we continue on. Yeah. Alex Lynn. I think stock up on Alex Lynn because I think yes. he's going to be the first big at the center position over ahead of JaVale McGee coming off the bench. And every time he gets in the game, I thought he, you know, in his close to 14 minutes. I thought he was pretty good yesterday. Uh, I thought he defended the rim, had two block shots, uh, you know, uh, four points, uh, four rebounds. Like, Alex Lynn is the guy, you know, that when you throw him in, you know what you're going to get. He's not going to hurt you. He's going to play hard, good system player. So his stock is up, I think. Yeah, your buddy Brendan Nunes came on with us this week. Uh, And I think that was another day when you were traveling. 
Were you here with Brandon? Anyway. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, it was off Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. He was saying that one of the things he thinks Mike Brown needed to do was start playing Alex Lynn yeah. more consistently instead of mixing and matching with him and JaVale McGee. And last night, I certainly supported that argument. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Alex Lynn, as we get down, you know, closer towards the end, his stock is up. Uh, Davion, I'm going to say stock up, too. I feel like, you know, it's sort of interesting with this, you know, talk. It's like, do we got to include before the All-Star break, too. And so it's been a while since we've seen these guys one game last night. But I think Davion uh, has found, you know, over the last two, three weeks, his stock has risen. Mm-hmm. You know, he's firmly entrenched in the rotation now. Uh, play close to 11 minutes. Uh, I, I would like to see more uh, from Davion in terms of minutes played. Uh, it's hard to, you know, really get into a flow, a rhythm when you're only playing 11 minutes, a couple of minutes here, a couple of minutes there. But uh, I think his stock is up. Yeah, he just he has to shoot the ball better. Right. But when you get two shots a game, it's know, hard. It's, it's, yeah. And, and, you know, he was shooting 70% from three mm-hmm. over his last five or six, whatever it was. I know. So he had been doing that, uh, shooting it extremely well. Uh, my guy. Yep. Chris Duarte. Got to give you credit. Stock up, up, up. Like, and, and here's the thing about Chris Duarte. His value right now is low. I would buy in on Chris Duarte right now. Mm-hmm. This guy's about to blow, I think, because we're seeing the compete level on defense. He's starting to knock down shots uh, from three as well. I mean, in, in just he t- 20 minutes, he had six points, uh, you know, had uh, four rebounds, great defense. Uh, I think this guy, you'll see him get, you know, uh, Way more minutes, not more than 20, but way more consistent minutes uh, these last 27 games. The great thing is, you know, when Herter was struggling, it looked like, well, if Duarte plays better, maybe he'll get that yeah. spot. Well, now Herter's playing so well that that's not a factor. But still, you want Duarte playing better, and all of a sudden, wow, it's almost like you have two guys that you right. didn't have earlier in the year. Earlier in the year, some people were comparing Duarte to Kirkland golf balls. That's <laughs> well, not an exaggeration. No, you're right. And remember <laughs> earlier in the year, Mike Brown was only playing three guards. Remember he had that I weaker. Remember, yeah, you and that I was like, this like, dude what? for five games only played three guards. Now he's playing Davion. You got Chris Duarte. You got Monk, Herter, and Fox. Now you got a five-guard rotation that I think that's playing well for you right now. We wouldn't be talking Kings if the Kings weren't here. And the guy who brought the Kings to Sacramento, Greg Lukenville, joins us next to discuss the Kings and Sacramento's potential sports future and baseball future.